we may never work in the same way again. So reimagine the office with scalable workspaces that flex to your needs. Design-led interiors and world-class IT. Iconic offices have reinvented the future of working, so you don't have to. Hybrid offices, co-working, or custom floors for a global HQ. 16 prime Dublin locations, infinite possibilities. Experience it for yourself. Visit iconicoffices.ie to reimagine how working can work for your business. Alive and kicking with Claire McKenna. This is News Talk. Yes, you can email the show alive and kicking at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire's Lair. Coming up this morning, Jerry and Miriam Hussey have been guests on the show a couple of times. Both are major players in the wellness space and I adore both of their work with Soul Space. And while they have held live events before, they're about to take their experience to the National Concert Hall and they join me from their Sunshine chapter in Portugal to tell me more. And I was shocked to learn in the last few years that as a menstruating female, For the last 30 years, none of the sanitary products I have used have decomposed. Not a pretty thought for you or the planet. News Talk reporter Sarah Madden took a look at the topic of sustainable period products and how the market is booming, particularly for female entrepreneurs. So what kind of a health and wellness week did I have? Bonkers is all I can say. We moved house. I watched my husband begin to say goodbye to his business, which won't survive post-COVID. And my mum went on her first holiday for years since all this madness started and rang from Italy to say she has contracted COVID. But do you know what? We're all fine. My mum thankfully doesn't have too many symptoms bar the dreaded loss of taste and smell and is a little under the weather. But she's with her sister, who is her best friend, and they are staying in a nice house. There could be worse places to be with COVID. It's not ideal, but you have to take the positives in these situations. I pushed on with the house move, which has been hanging over us pretty much since we moved back in with a view to selling it. And I really wanted to be in and settle before the midterm break this week. So I'm really hoping we can spend it regrouping as a family and soaking up some of this gorgeous autumn weather that we've been having. My hubby is grand. I know so many of you are going to be going through business struggles and closures and it's not easy. So much of who we are is tied up in what we do, but it's not all of us. Um, It's not everything to do with who we are and it's important to remember that. So we're staying focused again on the positives. We are happy and healthy as are the kids and we'll all be okay. New beginnings can be a good thing. Do I sound deranged? I promise I'm not. Health and wellness will prevail. And I did think during one stressful day when I was seeking out advice, making phone calls, helping them out, considering financial implications. And I had a realization that sometimes in moments like that, the last thing you want is a sea swim or to be told to meditate. You tend to lean on less nutritious food and neglect your sleep. And sometimes You do need to just wallow in the tough stuff for a bit, but not for too long, I don't think. That's when you need those pillars of health all the more. Go gently, but they do really help. You can email the show aliveandkicking at newstalk.com. Now, we're all trying to be more eco-conscious. Some of us are eating less meat, cycling more and trying to ditch the single-use plastic. But if you're someone who menstruates, 
i.e. most women, it's likely your time of the month is taking its toll on the planet too. As part of News Talk Goes Green, with thanks to SSE Electricity, Ireland's largest provider of 100% green energy. Our reporter Sarah Madden has been looking into the environmental cost of your monthly visit and she joins me in studio now. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hello. Good. Thank you. This is a really, really good one to look into because as a woman, I I, I am a conscious consumer. And when I read this statistic, I mean, I'm 43. And when I read that any sanitary product that I had used since I got my first period of 13 is still in landfill somewhere that it hasn't decomposed, I was shocked. Mm, this yeah. is a serious offender when it comes to the planet. It totally is. And I think the first thing to point out is that periods themselves aren't bad for the environment. Of course, they're extremely natural. And um, I think what we need to think about when it's periods, it's not the periods, but the products themselves that we're using that are the big offender here. So um, we only started using disposable period products about 100 years ago or so. Before then, I think it was like you know, grass paper or whatever you can get your hands on. Look. Or the red tent. Apparently there was a red tent. And if you were living like in a tribe, all the women would just gather together and there'd be a bit of a fire and like yeah. chats. And the I divine think I'd be into femininity. That. Yeah, exactly. No, I'd be into that as well. <laughs> I think originally when they came about, it was, um, I think the World War actually, there was a lot of these sort of surgical bandages left behind and women started using those. That was in the 1920s. And then um, in the 1930s or so, tampons came along. But... Since then, as you say, most women are using these uh, disposable products as opposed to dancing around in a tent. So the average woman will probably get through eleven to 17,000 sanitary products in their lifetime, which is not the, the exact same as the 100 tampons per period that NASA thought Sally Ride might need. But it's still a huge amount of waste. And I chatted to Geraldine Carton, who's co-founder of Sustainability Collective, The Useless Project. And she told me a little bit more about these sort of problematic stats. 90% of all sanitary products are made from plastic and that means they're not biodegradable. Even tampons, it, it might just look like cotton wool, but actually the applicator is more often than not made from plastic and the pull string is also braided with plastic. And then of course the average pack of pads has the same amount of plastic as four plastic bags. In Ireland alone, more than 200,000 tonnes of period product waste goes to landfill every year. And then globally, that turns more into 100 billion period products being thrown away, ending up in our seas and oceans and beaches. Considering how the average menstruating person has their period for over 2,500 days of a lifetime, buying an environmentally friendly option is definitely a great way to make a dent in any kind of a negative impact you might be having at the world. Wow, 100 billion period products getting disposed of yearly is a fairly astronomical number. Mm. And another stat I always found quite shocking was when you're being taught about your cycle, that they say it's an egg cup a month. And I mean, I know everybody's different, but I don't know what size the egg cup would need to be. And obviously... <laughs> We can't all dance around in the red tent. You know, we're working women now. We're busy women. We want to be out and about. And using sanitary products gives you freedom and gives you comfort. So are there more environmentally friendly products on offer? How can we navigate this? Yeah, so there definitely are. So there's two categories. I would say there's like the ultimate game changers and then there's sort of old dogs, new tricks. So that's kind of like, you know, your tampons and your pads, they look very conventional. They look the same, but they're made from organic materials, um, bamboo, sometimes sugar cane, which is interesting. Uh, but those obviously do, they're not compostable, but they biodegrade. The other section are these um, sort of real 
new products that want to sort of revolutionize the market. And to learn a bit more about those, I went down to Reusey, which is this sort of haven of sustainability in Fox Rock, to meet with Pat O'Kane. She's a sustainability guru down there, and she took me through some of those options. We have reusable pads and panty liners. They are washable. They're made from fabric, usually organic cotton, which is, again, very environmentally friendly. We have, obviously, the menstrual cup. They are a silicone-based product that you insert as if you would a tampon. It stays in there, collecting your blood. You're washing them with water and soap. Once you've finished, pour boiling water on them and use them again. And then, of course, we have the menstrual pants, period pants, whatever you call them. They are a fantastic way to go through your period. They're very comfortable. They just feel like underwear, but they are there to absorb, obviously, your flow and, you know, avoid inconvenient leakage. Once you are done with either your pants or your pads, you're going to just soak them in water, remove, I say, the rough, and then you just pop them into your washing machine. That is that. Super simple. I'm looking at these two products here. These are pants that Bridget Jones would be very proud of but I mean I think comfort is key I'm I'm all for for comfort and they're not I mean they don't look like after you have a baby you have to wear pants and like these are actually nicer than than them um would, would have you tried one of these well, um, I actually did for as part of this report, but it's interesting what you say there about comfort. Um, I think that's sort of key for myself as well. And it would be for a lot of women, but we're also every day bombarded with these sort of climate messages and we have that at the fore. So I think there's a bit of a disconnect when it comes to, um, I suppose, climate change and periods. And I was trying to figure out why it was that more women aren't going for these options. So I decided to hit the street with my microphone and I brought along that moon cup. And I wanted to find out what people were using, what they knew about these newer products and like why they hadn't been on board the bandwagon just yet. So what are the period products that you use? I just mainly use pads, tampons really, that's all. I can usually get away with just using panty liners. It's too long ago since I had my period. <laughs> I wondered if you knew of any sort of eco-friendly period products on the market now? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't. <laughs> Are menstrual cups eco-friendly? I know about the cup. This is a menstrual cup. Jesus Christ, it's like a baby soother. I don't know. Are they using them now, are they? Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen a pair of period pants? No, I don't think so. What do you reckon these might be? Uh, Bridget Jones's knickers. <laughs> okay, what do you think would put you off this product or others like it? I think people want to make that choice. It's just that they don't know where to find the product. Yeah, I don't think it's avail readily available everywhere. The ease of access and then price as well, because it's a thing that's expensive anyway. So it's like if you go for the eco-friendly one as well, it's even more expensive. I just wouldn't think they'd be very hygienic. Obviously, smell and just how actually effective they are. Yeah, and I, I, I understand all of the concerns. It's just a very different way to what we're used to. But we are going to have to adapt our behaviours, aren't we, when it comes to acting against climate change. And what I have heard about disposable panty liners or the moon cup or the period pants even, is that you get used to it. And the idea and the preconceived notions you have in your head, it's actually not that bad once you get going yeah I think so and it's funny I actually put up on my Instagram story the other day just trying to figure out who my followers are using these sort of products and everyone that got back told me um, that they had been using them that they were obsessed with them that they would never go back actually one of my friends told me um, that the moon cup had changed her life <laughs> but she's a bit of an exaggerator so look we'll take that with a pinch of salt so uh, it seems that the only people who um, are uncomfortable about the products are those who haven't actually tried them 
So as one of those people, I decided to try them myself. And we don't see them either on our supermarket shelves. I think mm. that's one of the, the issues. You have yeah. to really go and seek them out. There are incredible companies like Ryuzu, who you, who you spoke to there. But you, you nearly kind of have to go online or you have to go that one step further and pay that little bit extra until it becomes more mainstream. Yeah, I, I think so. Um the uh, girls that I talked to and the women on the street as well, access was a big um, issue for them. Obviously, we heard about efficacy and cost and that sort of thing as well. Um, but I think, as you say, you know, if you're um, having a, a period for as many years as you have had in your life, like cost is always going to be a factor as part of it. I don't know if you know the stat or not, but apparently some women will spend almost 21 grand on their period in their lifetime. Wow. Uh, and that's why period poverty is also such an important topic because some people can't get access to it and we all absolutely deserve it. So tell us about your experimental time. Thank you for going to these lengths for us. <laughs> Were your, was your life changed by these period pants? So I'd say um, of the products of all of the ones that I tried, so I did try those um, reusable pads by this great brand. They're called Imvimsy, uh, Swedish. Uh, I tried the menstrual cup by Two Sisters. And then I also tried the period pants there by um, Wuka. They were probably my favorite, I would say. Um, because I think probably like a lot of other women out there, I've got half of my underwear drawer destroyed with like leakages that I wasn't expecting. So just for the sake of, you know, my Victoria's Secrets alone, I would stick with the period pants for sure. OK, amazing. And are they expensive? What kind of price difference are we talking? Well, they're expensive up front. Um, so, I mean, you can get a packet of pads for maybe two euro tampons, more like four euro, right? Um, but if you calculate that, you know, across a year, that might come to about 135, depending on, you know, the woman and what her flow is and what brand she's going for. So if you're to buy, let's stick with the cup for a second. Um, it's about 25 to 30 euro, but it lasts 10 years. So if you compare the prices of someone who's using, say, disposable pads uh, with someone who's using a menstrual cup. Um, if you make that switch over a decade, you'll save about €1,400, which obviously you can put to savings or, you know, an environment, environmentally friendly Stella McCartney handbag, something like that. <laughs> and you're saving the planet, which is absolutely priceless or doing your part anyway. What about what some of the women said there that you spoke to, the concern around the hygiene factor? Yeah, well... When hygiene comes into it, I think we're thinking of smell is probably one realistically for a lot of women. Um, but when I spoke to Pat O'Kane about that specific concern, she kind of put my um, my mind to rest a little bit. What she had to say was that a lot of the conventional products like the tampons and the pads, because um, of the chemicals that are used to keep them smelling fresh, they can actually be worse for, let's say, the climate of your vagina. So they can actually have a detrimental impact on the smell in that way. And also there's bleaches and things which aren't very good for you. But I think what's interesting to note is that products like these actually boomed during the pandemic, which is a time I think we've never been more interested in personal hygiene and concerns around hygiene um so pat o'kane at reusey she told me she'd had about a 200 percent increase in interest in these sort of products which is remarkable but not when you consider that people were working from home so if i think one of the things that stops people using products like these as well is that they do have concern over like you know if i'm in an office and you know the 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 cup that i'm using isn't working 
am I going to have period blood on my pants or whatever? But if you're working from home and that happens, there's no big deal. So people were able to experiment. And to go back to your point about, you know, they're not on supermarket shelves. Well, they will be very soon. Like this is an industry that was worth about a billion 30 years ago. And now next year, they think it'll be worth about 34 billion. So uh, that's going to give women lots of options, but it's also brilliant for female entrepreneurship because this is an area where a lot of the companies in it, uh, such as Two Sisters, where I used their um, cup, they're female founded and women owned. So it's a great way for women to kind of uh, make, I suppose, green out of their red. I like it. <laughs> and uh, even things like the, the, the cup, you kind of think, oh, my God, is it a bit gross? I'm going to be like rinsing this out in the sink. But really, when you when you actually think about it, I know there's plenty of people that don't really want to give it that much thought. The current hygiene products, it's not that pretty either. Mm. What you're using, your sanitary product, like none of it is, is, is pretty. It's just something that needs to be done. But in the same way as that there's different offerings when it comes to toilet paper, it's just a necessary part of life. Mm. And we can do it in a more sustainable way. Yeah, especially because I think a lot of the products that are there now at the moment, they almost half shame you. I mean, like, um, especially when it comes to odour, let's say, like one of the biggest concerns women have around products like these is that there'd be some sort of an odor, but like, it's just a natural smell, do you know? I mean, like, I don't mean to be gross about it, but you shouldn't be going around smelling perfume down there all the time anyway. Yeah, I know. When you said the pH of your vagina, I'm sure that's not a line you ever thought you'd say when you took up your job here at News <laughs> it's Talk. It's been an interesting career so far. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Nick's World. Oh, yeah. So this is a really interesting brand. Um, it was started by um, an Irish woman. So there's a couple of different Irish companies now in this realm. Um, go girls. Uh, and this particular lady, she's a, she's a mum. She's a barrister. She's a nurse. And now she's founded this company. And I think it's a really good example of not just um, using products like these to better the environment, but to really address what a woman's menstrual cycle, what impact that might have on her life and um, how we can uh, help women out in these sort of circumstances. So her name is Ellie Loftus. I had a quick chat with her the other day um, and uh, it was really enlightening. I am a mother of two girls. I'm a nurse by background. I just really could see the fallout and the attrition rate of girls out of sport in particular. And that's very concerning. And a lot of it has got to do with periods. And then I looked at the Plan International study where you look at girls from the age of 12 to 18 and over 55% saying they were embarrassed by their period, 61% saying that they missed school because of it and 81% saying that they couldn't concentrate at school. I mean, this is 2021. How is our girls feeling like that about their period, the most natural thing in the world? I'm trying to bring these products to market much cheaper because I have two daughters that I want them to be able to go to school and that they don't worry about leaking the wellness part and really encouraging girls to stay in sport in particular is a huge motivation behind Six World. I love that and I do think it's really important and I have two kids and when you when you are a parent you're very rarely allowed in the bathroom on your own they follow you absolutely everywhere yeah. and I have always been very open about it and I remember being in school and hiding my tampon up my sleeve as I went to the bathroom and I went to an all-girls school I mean mm. what are we hiding it's something that's happening it's out there I mean yes you're going to sort yourself out in private but still we should be able to openly talk about the issues around it and some of the products that can be there to help you and help the environment so which of these that you tried out do you think you're going to use again well 
I suppose just coming from someone who usually uses tampons, um, they're reusable pads. They're actually really lovely. They're really soft, but I'm just not really used to those sort of products. So if you are someone who uses disposable um, period pads, then definitely try the reusable ones. This cup is lovely. It's really soft and nice. Um, I had tried one by a company called Moon Cup, and I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're yeah. a big, big player in the area. And I found that one really difficult. I thought it was really hard and it just wasn't fitting right. And that's actually made by men. And the cup I tried this time is made by women. So you can really see sort of why it's beneficial to have women in this area. But that's a great option. But as I said before, the the period pants, no question. Um I have one pant here, but you might need maybe two or three different ones throughout your period. They come in loads of different sizes. They don't all look like granny knickers. Some of them are briefs. Some of them are kind of bikini style. And you can even get yourself a nice thong. So I'd say that's the one that I will keep in my wardrobe. Amazing. Well, I think the more we talk about climate change, the better. And the more we talk about very normal, natural things that we've just created stigma around, the better. So you have hit both Beautifully, Sarah, thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me. Alive and kicking on News Talk. Miriam and Jerry Hussey are one serious power couple. She is a qualified pharmacist turned integrative health coach. She gives wellness talks, leads meditations, and is a yoga instructor. Her husband, Jerry, is a performance psychologist, and his first book, Awaken the Power Within, was a bestseller for several weeks. They are both thought leaders in the world of wellness and run Soul Space, which is bringing its live show experience to the National Concert Hall next year. They are both on the line from Portugal. Hello. Hi, Claire. How are you? We're delighted to be with you this morning. So I hope you're well. Hi, Claire. And for having us. You are joining us from your new life in Portugal. Tell us a little bit about that chapter. It was originally an idea that you spoke about um, that finally came together. Yeah, Claire, it's like one of these things, you have an idea, if you had this idea, we call it Project Sunshine, and we always had an idea that we'd love to be able to, you know, live our life between Ireland and and another country in the sun, and we never really knew how, how that could happen, because with our, you know, events and, and our business, we're always kind of tied uh, to being in physically in a place. Then the pandemic comes, as, as everybody knows, and our business goes online, and we start creating new content, and we have a whole new audience and we kind of realized that we, we can work from remotely. So it was a case then of do we back ourselves enough or, or do we not? But we've always done that. We always believe if a dream is in your heart, it's there for a reason. You have to follow it. So we decided we, we'd take a couple of months and uh, box everything up in Dublin, uh, sell everything and uh, and move. So that's what we've done. We're out here now. We're here for a couple of months and I have to say we're loving it so far. How does it feel, Miriam? Does it feel like holiday or does it feel like life? Um, well, it's funny that you say that because initially I, I was saying to Jerry, you know, oh, this is, you know, it's not real life because you feel like you're on a, on a holiday buzz when you're in the waking up to the blue skies and the sun. We're not used to that in Ireland. Um, but then we had this conversation and we're like, but why, why does it have to feel like a holiday? Should every day of your life not be a holiday? And it just got us thinking about the way, you know, we live our lives and the practices that we teach. And it's about how do we awaken up into every day and make it a holiday, bring it about the best that we can do in every single day. Um, and I know it does help when you have the sun shining outside, but it just got us thinking about, you know, even more so now more than ever, looking at um, really nourishing and really 
I suppose, prioritizing what brings you joy. And for us to come out here, it was a big step. It was a bold step. People said, what are you going out there for? You know, uh, we have a little boy, he's 17 months, you know, and we could listen to all those other voices and opinions. But as Jerry said, if there's something in your heart, if there's something that you know will bring you joy and bring you closer to a space of really having fulfillment and contentment in your life, why not do that and manifest it and make prioritize it so that you can go after your dreams and then bring it to fruition. And you know, that's really interesting because I've thought about that a lot in recent years, the kind of energy we save for when we go on holiday. And obviously you're in a different place, which can take you to a new energy. You don't have work stress, but there is an attitude within you that I think you're right. We can adapt to every day life. I mean, we do, most of us live in a very beautiful place and some of the walks or seascapes that I used to really take in was only when I was in another country. And I think it was only during the the pandemic and when I really had to make the most of my 5k that I, I really started to cultivate that holiday feeling of how lucky I was to, to, to be in this place. And it's a, kind of about that, that gratitude switch. I also think we let go of a lot of food stress when we're on holidays. And I don't know what people might be able to, to understand what I'm saying here. Like quite often I would go on holidays, throw caution to the wind with whatever restrictive eating I used to have and wonder when I came home how nothing had really really changed all that fear I had but I think it's about the stress we put on ourselves all of the time and when you let that go when you go on holiday you feel so much better in yourself so it's more about you and less about the surroundings you focus more on nourishing yourself with something to read with taking rest they're all things we can do every day yeah absolutely and and you know I'd be the first person to say Ireland is probably the most beautiful country in the world and that's why it'll always be somewhere that we spend a lot of time every year in it's just it's incredible it has a landscape it has a richness uh, I think that is unique in the world and so it is about taking the time to see what we have and I know the weather can be challenging but you know the weather just becomes challenging if you allow your your energy to be attached to that so when as you said when we dress up and go out whether you're in Portugal or Spain or America or Ireland I think there's a richness to be involved and the biggest thing is that we as human beings, we are not beings walking around nature. The biggest mistake that we make is that we think that our skin separates us from the universe. We are the universe. We are nature. So we're not beings in nature. We are nature. And I think there's nowhere better than connecting with jumping in the sea, going for a walk, being in a forest, getting out into nature. And, and whatever country that is, whatever clothes you have to wear, and I think that's so important. And I think over the last couple of months in the pandemic, it's something that people really have embraced, getting out into nature, going for walks, swimming in the sea, swimming in a lake, just getting out. And, uh, and particularly if we're getting out in the morning, it's such an important way. It, it, it releases and the right chemicals into our brain. It, it helps our circadian rhythms within the, within the body to, to waken up in the morning. So we're less groggy, we're more alert. So I think that's a really important point and is to really embrace nature, embrace your surroundings, whether it's a field, whether it's a park, whether it's trees, whether it's a lake, whether it's sea, get out, get into it, because the body feels nowhere as good as when it's surrounded and immersed in nature. And I think on the back of that as well is to remember that, you know, 
our physical external environment, of course, plays a huge role in our sense of mood, you know, as Jerry talked about the biology and the chemistry, the hormones in the body. But I think the most important thing is that we start to look after our internal environment, so our internal ecosystem. So that's our immune system, that's our sense of fluidity in the body, in the energy systems within the body. How do we nourish our own internal central nervous system? How do we balance it? How do we bring it to a more harmonious state? And I think we can have everything on the outside, but unless we have inner contentment and harmony on the inside, which is looking at how do we speak to ourselves? How do we feed ourselves and nourish ourselves through food and beverages? How do we, you know, really stress and anger and undigested, unwanted emotions from the body? If we're not releasing them, it's building up. It's like a blockage that builds internally and the internal world can then become out of balance, which then it doesn't matter where in the world you are, if you're not feeling well on the inside, um, you know, the external world, it, you know, it becomes irrelevant. So I think it's a balance. It's the delicate dance between, yes, embracing the external environment, but also remembering to nourish the internal environment and your internal ecosystem. Well, you both look great. Um, and I do think you get a real glow from living with intention. So like you said, it doesn't have to be a move to Portugal, but that was something that was in your heart. Could we live somewhere in the sun for a while? And then when you're actually in it and doing it, and it's gone from a plan to a reality, and you know you navigated through all the what ifs and should we and shouldn't we and then you got there and it feels great there is a a, a brilliant feeling that comes with that yeah there is and there's been certainly days and moments where we've had to pinch ourselves over the last while where you know our work we're working away um we're surrounded in a beautiful environment we're eating outdoors and we're just looking at ourselves saying God, this is incredible. And to think that maybe we spent the last five years trying to convince ourselves that this couldn't be done or trying to convince ourselves that if we did do it, it would be huge upheaval. And, and it was actually seamless. And uh, I think most people, it's the stories we tell ourselves. I, I think the challenge or the task ahead of us, you know, is neither hard nor easy. It's just a task. And whether that's moving country, whether it's changing job, whether it's buying a house, the task is the task. But the way we think about the task and the stories we tell ourselves about the task make it a lot easier. I mean, if there's any regret we have, it's probably that we didn't do it. We're kind of scratching our heads saying, why did it take the pandemic for us to put our business online? So I think that's the biggest thing is for everybody is to listen. If you have a dream, if you have a goal, you know, listen to the story that you're telling yourself about it. Maybe you're under you're underestimating your own ability. Maybe you're underestimating, you're overestimating the task. And I think when you begin to focus on what can I what can I control, what do I know, and no decision is irreversible. So if we get out here and we did decide it wasn't for us, it's easy to go back. So I think for everybody is to break it right down, put it into small steps and say, right, what's the first thing in order, I think, in life to win, W-I-N, is what's important now? So what's my dream? No matter how big it is, Let's break it down. What's the single most important step I can take today? And no matter how big your dream is, if you take one step towards it every single day, before you know it, you're in it, you're living it, and you're kind of pinching yourself saying, how did this happen? And it's no one big thing. It's little steps, little decisions where you back yourself and you have the courage and the bravery to follow what's in your heart, little pieces every day. 
And we're in very new territory at the moment, aren't we? Because there was a lot of time to reassess during the pandemic. And yes, a lot of people took positives from that. And now as we start to open up and, and get back to a, a normal of sorts, I think some people are still struggling to, to find where they are in it and, and where they want to, to go. And it is a very new and, and, and different time. And I, I don't think people are giving themselves the time that they did. Everybody gave themselves a break during the pandemic that if we just do one day at a time and sure, if you're surviving, isn't that great? And I think that language has started to, to change a little bit that people should just be be getting on with it and we should try and keep that self-compassion going a little longer I think. Yes I, I totally agree Claire and I think as well um, for us all and no matter what state of mind or you know or emotion that you are in at the moment this I think the the words the languaging that even it's when we were embracing or when we were you know heading in towards the pandemic there was a lot of fear and now there's even fear to come out of it so um, I think what we tune into and what we listen to has a huge impact on the nervous system. So instead of, you know, the fear of transitioning back now, maybe into the workplace, and that's causing angst or anxiety because it's change again, it's unknown. I think give ourselves a little bit of, you know, a bit of patience, a bit of understanding, know that wherever you are, be okay with that, not to be trying to drill ourselves to be or do something um, that's going to, you know, cause overwhelm. I think it's firstly understanding and accepting what you're feeling without judging it. I think that is the biggest thing to any sense of overwhelm or trauma or anxiety that anybody is feeling is to firstly just say, okay, can I become aware of it? Can I accept it? Can I not judge it? And then from there, you start to put things in place, support mechanisms around you to allow you to enter back into whatever it is that you're going towards. And I think the biggest part you mentioned earlier is self-compassion, self-care. And I think it's important and imperative, actually, that we don't lose that sense of if you did take up something during the pandemic to nourish yourself, not to let that go. Because now more than ever, we need to keep our nervous system um, harmonized. We need to keep our immune system strong. If we've learned anything from a pandemic, we know the power of having a strong and healthy immune system and stress and bad diet and you know restless um, sleep or busy 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 going 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 is one of the things that you know causes the immune system to becoming compromised so what are the tiny things that we can implement every day to nourish ourselves to bring more rest and repair and recovery into our lives so that we can keep strong and aligned and that we can keep that immune system strong well, you're listening to Alive and Kicking on News Talk with Claire McKenna, and I am talking to Miriam and Jerry Hussey of Soul Space. I'm going to take a quick break, um, but if you'd stay with me, guys, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about your upcoming live show. You're welcome back to Alive and Kicking here on News Talk, where I have the sages that are Miriam and Jerry Hussey of Soul Space. And Something that you guys built up during the pandemic was your Sunday meditation offering. And I saw something that you posted the other day, Jerry, and it gave me goosebumps of the kind of reaction you're having from people for what it means. And you had feedback from somebody who said that moment of silence had given them a memory from their childhood that actually their parents had loved them and that was a story that they were 
thinking was the opposite for their whole life. I mean, that was just an incredible thing to share. And I'm sure you have so many people contacting you talking about how much of a support it's been to them. Yeah, it's it's been phenomenal for me. I just started because I believe in life. The greatest gift is to be of service. And at the start of the pandemic, I'm not a frontline worker. There was very little else I could do to help or support people. We were quarantined in the house. So I just asked myself, how can I be of service to other people? I didn't know if people were up for meditation or not, but I started doing it for free every Sunday night. And um, the response has been phenomenal. And for people who are used to meditation, they know it's an incredible way the science is. It, it slows the brain waves. It resets the central nervous system. It can take you out of sympathetic nervous system and into parasympathetic nervous system. It builds the concentration part of your brain. It boosts your immune system. So from a science point of view, it's one of the most important things, particularly in a time of pandemic where our immune system, lowering stress, switching on the parasympathetic nervous system is one of the most important things we could do. And then besides that, it gets you out of the noise. I was very aware that there was a lot of terrifying news being bombarded at people. And I think, you know, time and history will prove that that was a wrong approach, that we, we, you know, we terrified people. So what I was trying to do was give people a space to calm and, and to be at ease. And to go inward, and as Miriam says, sometimes we need to control what's going on inside rather than always being worrying about what's going on outside. But then when we start to become still and silent and we start to connect with our deepest self and we start to connect with our inner heart, now we're no longer working in subconscious programs. We're no longer living in old memories or old beliefs. And we actually awaken to a sense of consciousness. So we move out of unconscious mindset and we go into a state of consciousness where we engage a different part of the brain. And now we have a new perspective. We have a new way of becoming aware of ourselves, our stories, our past. And it's almost like you get a chance to look at yourself and your life from a totally different perspective. Because you're now looking at your life not from or not through the limits and the lens of a subconscious belief system. You're actually consciously, objectively looking at your life and you begin to have the most amazing awakening. Some people, like I said, realize that their past wasn't actually what they thought it was. Some people had the realization how difficult they found it to sit with themselves. Some people had the realization that actually the work was killing them, that the work was stagnating their, was stagnating their soul. So for me, the power of meditation, whether it's from a chemical point of view, a physical point of view, or a scientific point of view, it's incredible. Or whether it's about giving you the gift to have time and space, to go inwards, to get out of subconscious programs and limiting self-beliefs, and look at yourself more objectively, and begin to tell yourself a different story. Then you begin to have a whole new perspective where you can ask questions like, what is my life about? Is this what I dreamed about? Why am I working where I work? And if our life is as short as 900 months and we sleep 300, why am I giving my time to this? And I think meditation is just a gift of giving time and space to ourselves to step away from limiting self-beliefs and to begin to write a whole new story because you get one incredibly short, beautiful life. And it's really important that the pen that writes the story of your life is held in your hand. And I think that's the gift I've been trying to share every Sunday night, giving people 
time and space to reawaken their own dreams, their own imaginations, and ask, what is the life I actually want? If I believed in myself a little bit more, if I loved myself enough, what's the life I go after? And Miriam, you are also a massive advocate for meditation. You, I've sat with some absolutely beautiful ones with you also, and they're on your Instagram page too. What are you doing on a Sunday night? I can hear you in the background. I know you're very much a part of it. At one point you had a newborn with you, um, but what is going on behind the scenes? Because I don't know why I'm always so conscious of, of Miriam during the whole thing until I zone out. <laughs> well, um, it varies, to be honest, Claire. Um, in the early days, I used to have Elijah in my arms and I used to sit on the couch beside Jerry, just behind the camera. And we used to sit in the in the presence of the room. And um, the power of, of vibrations and you know the music he plays has a very beautiful vibration to it. And anybody that's done the meditations will know you, you do go into this kind of bliss zonked out space so myself and Elijah used to sit and just absorb the beautiful meditations um and nowadays it's a little bit different sometimes I'm trying to get him down to bed sometimes he's down and I get to sit in and do them other times I'm I'm winding him down so it's a bit of a mixed boat at the minute but um every week and I know it might sound biased but I actually love sitting in and doing them myself um with Sherry even though I I get to listen to him every day but the meditations are very very special and um proof of the pudding you know there's like up to 400 people on them most Sunday nights so it's it's very powerful and people are I think they use it as a lovely um way to press pause let go of the week just gone and then reset set an intention for the new week that you're about to uh, launch into yeah, it is so, so important. Now you have a live event coming up, Awaken the Power Within. It's at the National Concert Hall, February 27th. Um, and it's so interesting how the National Concert Hall is giving itself over to wellness events. I think it's really exciting. What will the show look like? Yeah, the show for me will be it won't be a show, it will be an experience. I think that's what people need to experience. So it will be a mix of talks, meditations, music, and a few things that I'm not allowed to mention yet. But it's going to be a powerful experience where we connect human beings, we shift energy, and just people begin to open their hearts in the most real, in the most vulnerable way. It's a space to be vulnerable. It's a space to be real. It's a space to say the thing you've never said. It's a space to be held, protected. Um, and I think it's a space for people to grow. It's a space to leave the mask down, let go of worries and concerns. We've done a number of these and the feedback has always been phenomenal, but this will be our biggest one yet. 1,200 people all coming together to open their hearts, to change the vibrational frequency, to really open their minds to the power of the human mind, the power of vulnerability, the power of letting the mass down, the power of asking for help, and the power of lighting the light that's in your heart and shining it as, as brightly as you can for the world to see without fear, without judgment. And it'll be a collective movement, as I said, of dance, meditation. We've incredible singers, the O'Neill sisters coming. I can't wait for it. It's a dream come true for me and I just can't wait to be. So people won't be sitting watching a show. People will be in the middle of an experience and I'll just be part of the incredible experience that 1,200 people are going to create. 
Well, I can't wait to be in the audience myself. Miriam, how do you feel when you think about stepping out on the stage? Um, I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be a day. So it's a day long experience starting at 10 and going to four. And I have, I just have goosebumps when I think about it, to be honest. Um, it's going to be really, really, I think the words we're using, it's going to be an explosion of energy. It's going to be a beautiful dance between stillness and dropping into that spaciousness in the heart through meditative moments, but then also feeling the excitement and the fun and the just that, you know, empowerment. I think it's a day of we're hoping to really empower people to really answer the call and follow their own heart and then go into their lives and make manifest that which they've been dreaming to do for so long. Um, and it'll be a day of beautiful connection and meeting people. And uh, we're just we're super, super excited. Brilliant. Well, that date again is February the 27th, 2022. Awaken Your Power Within, the live event from Soul Space at the National Concert Hall and tickets are available at nch.ie. Miriam and Jerry Hussey, as always, thank you so, so much for coming on. Oh, that's our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so, so much. So that's it for Alive and Kicking for this week. My thanks to my producer, John Fardy, and to Jojo Cordoza, who was on sound. And thanks to you for listening. I will see you next week. We may never work in the same way again. So reimagine the office with scalable workspaces that flex to your needs. Design-led interiors and world-class IT. Iconic offices have reinvented the future of working, so you don't have to. Hybrid offices, co-working, or custom floors for a global HQ. 16 prime Dublin locations, infinite possibilities. Experience it for yourself. Visit iconicoffices.ie to reimagine how working can work for your business.